Thank you, Linda. Children's Choir can be dismissed. All the children participating in Children's Choir, you can be dismissed this morning. That includes children in grades 1 through 6. Two different choirs, We Praise, the little folks, and the older extreme kids are dismissed. Take your Bibles, if you will, and uh, I'd like us to go to the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. Thank you to Pastor Matt for responding to the late night call on Saturday and uh, appreciate his willingness to bring the word. I I know he did a good job. Is that right? I know. I heard it online. That's, that, that's the beauty, but that's also the downfall of online, is uh, your words are just out there uh, for everyone to hear. But uh, it's a beautiful thing, the website that we have, just as a little sidebar while you're getting to Isaiah this morning, in that uh, on occasion I get a, a letter, a note, an email from someone outside of the state of Ohio that has tapped into our website and scrolled on to our Sunday service uh, recording out there, and they listen regularly to the messages that come from Victory Life Church. Isn't that, isn't that kind of awesome? And obviously it is the World Wide Web, so uh, anyone in the world can tap in and, and listen. So uh, that gives me a little bit more, uh, puts more trembling in me this morning. Uh, in a sense, we preach to the world, I guess, this morning. So Isaiah 43, and you might say, now wait a second, <clears throat> I was here two weeks ago, and uh, I you talked about Isaiah 43. I did. I did. And um, this morning, um, maybe this is a new word for you because you weren't here December 30th, and so and you did not hear the message, and so this will be a, a new word for you here to, to hear this morning. Um, maybe this word this morning is a reminder word. And isn't it true that things need repeated to us oftentimes? Are you like that? I am. You know, you hear it once, but it's good to hear it again. Or maybe even a third time's important. Maybe that's been your experience as you've raised your children. Once usually doesn't work. Two, it's better. Sometimes it takes three, and I hope it doesn't have to go beyond that. But uh, some of you this morning uh, may... Uh, be in a place where you're being reminded again of something that the Lord has said, that uh, he wants to remind you that he spoke to you, and he's waiting for a response. He's waiting for a response from you. And so Isaiah 43, let's go to verse 18, and you're going to see some familiar words there from a couple Sundays ago. Let me read them for you. Verse 18, forget the former things, Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert or the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me and the jackals and the owls because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Let me just tell us in review this morning for some of us, and as a new word for some of you, 
God is interested in forward movement in our lives. He speaks here, forget the former things, forget the stuff that's in the past. And notice he doesn't qualify it there, forget the bad stuff, forget the hard stuff, forget the things that didn't work out. He says, just forget the past. Just forget the things that are behind you, whether they be difficult or easy, painful or good. Forget the past. Don't try to recapture the things that have gone into your past or have gone by. In fact, the New Living Translation says, forget all that. It's over. This is key to moving forward. It's hard, as we talked about two weeks ago, it's hard to move forward looking behind. Let me just say, some of us are trapped into looking behind because there's pain behind us and there's painful things that arrest our memory and it keeps us from forging ahead and the Lord says to us with a healing voice forget those things let me move you forward there's something for you that I am doing in the future and he says it right there in that passage verse 19 see or look on it or notice, or sit up and take notice, I'm doing something, and I'm doing something that's new. I'm not, I'm not rewarming the leftovers. Some of you don't even like leftovers. Some of you don't even have a leftover in your refrigerator, and some of you live on leftovers. I know people in this congregation, they, they look for the styrofoam box in the refrigerator when they get home because they're just a leftover kind of person. And what really God's saying here is, I'm cooking up something new. I've got something fresh going on. I've got something that isn't part of the leftovers of what you look back on. I'm trying to do something fresh and new. And part of moving forward and enjoying that fresh and new thing is to give up on the former things. To to turn your attention toward forward motion instead of what's behind And he says in this verse in two different ways that we should be able to see it. Notice he says that, see, verse 19, I am doing a new thing. In other words, look upon it. Notice it. Sit up and open your eyes and look around and see the new thing that I'm trying to do in your life. You may say, well, the Lord's not doing anything new. Same job, same friends, same marriage, same problems, same relationships. Same old, same old, same old. It's not that the Lord is not doing anything new. It's that we're not noticing. We're not seeing it. Something's happened to our perception. We need to be able to open our eyes and look for something new that God is doing. Because it says right here in the scripture, He is doing it. That's not not a negotiable. That's something that is a real truth. He is doing it doing something new. And it's something that we can see and perceive. What is God doing? Here in chapter 43, he talks about this idea of water, this idea of providing refreshment in a dry place. Did you pick up on the words wilderness and desert? Did you see those words in the text? What was he saying to his people in that day and even to his people today? We go through desert times. 
Sound familiar to you? We go through wildernesses where things are difficult, where there are testings, where there are trials, where there are things that are unexplained that go on in our lives. That's a wilderness place. That's a desert place. And the Lord in His goodness and kindness, as we sang about this morning, doesn't withdraw from the desert and say, I'm the Lord your God. I don't go to deserts. I only live on mountaintops. I only work where the grass is fertile and things are, the sun is shining and the birds are singing and everything is just great. That's where I live. I'm God. I don't go to places that are wastelands and deserts and wildernesses. Here Isaiah 43 is saying, oh yes, I go to places like that. God goes into wilderness places and desert places and not only does he go there, not only does he work there, but he re- provides refreshment to those who are there. He says, and I will provide and give drink to my people, verse 20, for my chosen. These streams, these sources of water, these sources of life, refreshing, hope, energy, strength to go on, strength to see what he's doing in the middle of a difficult place, in the middle of a wilderness in the middle of a desert place. How many of you have ever gone through a desert? A wilderness? The rest of you are just lying to me. Or you're too young. God is providing in the hard times. When you go through a hard time, God provides refreshment there. He uses the term water. Very important term when you're talking about somewhere that's dry. Really, we know water is also a symbol and a picture of the Holy Spirit. And so when times are difficult and seasons are dry and hard, what does God do? He comes to those places. He dwells in those places. He finds us in those places. And he wants to refresh us in those places. He wants to bring to us a freshness of his Holy Spirit in those places that will feed us, that will nourish us, that will encourage us, and that will bring us hope. Now let's move on in Isaiah. I'm going to take you to a new place, and that's chapter 55. Isaiah is telling God's people that he is providing for them. He's providing this water for their thirsty souls. Look at verse 1 of chapter 55. Come. I understand come was an important word last Sunday too. I wonder if the Lord's trying to say something. Let's just take a moment and think about that. And listen. He says, come. All you who are thirsty, come to the waters And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Wouldn't that be a great store to go to today? Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me. 
that your soul may live. God is opening up an invitation. He's given us an invitation to those that are thirsty. Notice he says, to anyone or everyone or all who are thirsty. There's no qualifiers. You don't have to be just the right person in just the right place with just the right attitude, with just the right list of holiness or sins in your life. You don't have to be in the right place. God says, everyone that's thirsty, come. Everyone. Young, old, seasoned believers, young infant children in the faith. Good people, bad people. People who have it all to keep together, people who have nothing together. He says, everybody, I'm giving you an invitation to come and to drink. Why do we come and drink? Because we're thirsty. You know, thirst is a sign of lack. If we're thirsty physically, it's a sign that we're lacking hydration in our bodies. Many of us have experienced something like that. They say, medical science says this, that if you're feeling a headache coming on, the first thing that you should do is not take an Advil or an Excedrin. The first thing that you should do is drink a bottle of water. Most dehydration uh, causes headaches. This is a good word of advice for us today physically. Dehydration or a thirst is a sign that there's a lack in our system. Something is lacking. In our human body, when we're dehydrated, our body starts to talk to us and tell us. Our mouths become dry. Our skin gets clammy. We start to have headaches. We, we have dizziness or disorientation. There are signs in our body that we need hydration, we need water, that we're thirsty. There are signs in our soul when our soul is thirsty. When our soul needs the freshening of the Holy Spirit and the water of the Spirit within our lives, there are signs. Let me give you a couple of them. Irritability. What are you talking about? Oh, excuse me. What do you mean, irritability? It's a sign. Anger. Anger. It's a sign. It's a sign. There's a thirst. There's a need. There's a lack. There's an empty place. There's something missing. There's something that needs filled. There's a gap. There's a place that is hungering, that's needing something. And because it's not being filled, a sign, anger, excessive worry, it's a sign. There's a need. There's a gap. There's an empty place. Hopelessness. Nothing's ever going to change. I'm just going to exist and live this life out and just finish it out, however it happens. Oh, well, lost hope. Lost hope that anything's ever going to be any different. A state of hopelessness is a sign there's a thirsty soul. There's a thirst. Loneliness. How about this one, resentment? Resentment. It's a sign of a dry soul. 
sign of a thirsting soul. And God is inviting us. In fact, he's inviting all of us, anyone who has a place of thirst in their life. He's saying, come. He's saying, here I am. Come to me. Move out from where you are. Move out from your place of thirst and come to me. Remember the word from last week's message and Jesus bid Peter to come? He said, Peter, get out of the boat. The onus is on you, Peter. Notice Jesus didn't crawl into the boat, as was mentioned in the message last week, and and come to where Peter was. He called for Peter to come to him. And oftentimes our thirst is not quenched by God because we're not coming to God. We're waiting for him to come to us. He's God. He's big enough. He's strong enough. He knows my, my need. He's a mind reader. He understands. I'm waiting for God to step in and do it for me. Doesn't James 4, 8 say, Draw nigh unto me. Finish it with me. And I will draw nigh or near to you. The onus is on us to move toward Him. That's why He says, Come, come all you that are thirsty. Come to the waters. And I love this part. You who have no money, come and buy. What? I don't know when that's ever worked for you. Maybe in our vernacular today, it would say, you know, you who have no plastic, come and purchase. But it says, you who have nothing, Come and buy. In other words, you can receive something that you can't pay for. You can get something from God that you have nothing to offer Him for. That you have no way of purchasing it from Him. He's just willing there to give it. And really He's saying, just receive it. Just receive it from Me. I'm here. I'm willing. Would you come and would you receive it? Would you buy it from Me? And notice the two things that he encourages, not only water, which we know is a source of refreshment, it's also the Holy Spirit. And he's saying here in this verse, come to me and take from me my spirit, and my spirit will refresh you. My spirit will fill your thirst. My spirit will replace your anger and your irritability and all that yucky stuff that you have going on inside of you What's the answer? The answer is to drink. To drink in of the Spirit of God, the water, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. And when we drink, the dryness of our soul is eliminated. It's filled. It's removed. Isaiah says, first of all, by water. He also says, by milk. And we know in 1 Peter 2, 2, that milk is... Is a, is a representation of the Word of God. It brings nourishment to us. In fact, you feed babies milk. Some of your babies are still receiving milk. Why? Because it's nourishing. Why? Because it's strengthening them. It's building them. It's giving them their foundation blocks for good nutrition and good health. You give babies milk. And here milk in Isaiah is, is for us that we might be nourished. Some of us are thirsting because we're malnourished. We've been eating other stuff. And the Word of God isn't, isn't even by our bed table. It's not on our kitchen table. It's not close to our fingertips. It's, it's just nowhere to be found. We are malnourished. We are underfed. And Isaiah says, come 
and take from me my word so that you might be nourished and you might get strong on the inside of you within your spirit. Verse 2. He says, Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what that on what does not satisfy. In other words, don't go searching for what you really need somewhere else. What you are thirsting for is not found anywhere else. What you will buy cannot satisfy. I can only eat so many fast food meals. I can only eat so many snacks. You can only eat so much junk until your body says, yikes, (laughs) you need need to go and take some nourishment. You need to eat something that will nourish your body. And Isaiah says here to the people, why do you go spend your money on stuff that doesn't satisfy? It doesn't quench your thirst. Why are you going elsewhere? Why are you taking in other things? Come to me. He goes on to say in verse 3, Give ear and come to me. Hear me. Why? That your soul may live. You might say, I really want my soul to live. I really want my soul to be alive in Christ. How does that happen? How do we get our soul to be alive in Christ? To come to Him. To receive from Him. I'm going to go buy some more worship tapes. Well, that's okay. I'm going to read some more books. I'm going to hang out at church more often. All of those things. Wonderful things. But you can do all of those things and never come to Him. Isn't that amazing? You can hear every worship CD that's ever been made and still not come to him. So the writer says to us today, why do you go after things that don't satisfy? You're still hungry. You're still thirsty. Your soul still needs life. Come to me and drink. In John chapter 7, and I'll close with this this morning, on the uh, high day of the feast, in fact, it was the seventh day, Jesus was at the festival. And when he was there, he noticed that the priests were taking water and they were bringing it to the altar and they were pouring out this water as a remembrance of a wonderful day in their history. And the day was the day that God had spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, my people are thirsty. Take your rod. Go to the rock and strike the rock. And when you do, I'll provide water for my people. And the Jewish people, being people of tradition, were celebrating that very event on that particular day. And Jesus, being the good Jew that he was, was in attendance. And he was watching the priests. And on the seventh day, the final day, the greatest day, the scripture says in John 7.37, it says that Jesus observed the priests taking the water 
And on the seventh day, walking seven times around the altar, and then they would pour out the water. And Jesus is watching all of this being done before him. And the scripture says in verse 38 that Jesus stood and he cried out and he said, I am the water of life. He that drinks of me will thirst no more. He who believes in me, streams of living water will well up in him unto eternal life. Jesus completed the picture that day. He said to the people, that water, it's me. That thing that you thirst for, that thing that you're looking for, if only I had, if only I could do, if only I could go, if only this was me, if only I could have this, all of that searching and all of that thirst is wound up and tied up in Jesus. Jesus is the one that quenches the thirsty soul. It was true the day that Isaiah penned chapter 55. It was true the day that Jesus stood in John 7 and said, It's me. I'm what you thirst for. You might say, Pastor Cindy, you're talking to a lot of Christians here this morning. I know I am. A lot of Christians are thirsty people today. We have the decision. We've made the decision. We've acknowledged Christ. We've accepted him. Our eternity is secure. We know where our hope is, but we don't know where the water is. We don't know where the water is. We're not drinking as we should. We've got the invitation today to drink. We've got the invitation today to come. This may seem like a redundant message to you. It kind of did to me when I was writing it. But the Lord reminded me, sometimes you preach a message until it's heard. I guess I'm preaching a message until it's heard. Not for my sake that, oh, we finally heard what she said, but for your sake, that you would come and receive the water and drink. Let's pray.